This is Toastcaster, the podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 53, Visual Productivity with Kevin Oxner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster Podcast for Toastmasters. We have another exciting episode for you. Today, we have Kevin Oxner, who is no stranger to Toastcaster. Kevin advises organizations and individuals on how to use mind mapping and visual thinking to jumpstart their productivity. He's a distinguished Toastmaster, the author of the motivational fable Diamonds and Silver, and one of the top mind mapping resources on YouTube. And I can certainly vouch for that because I have watched all his videos. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? I'm good, Greg. How are you doing today? <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's you've been on our show quite a few times, and I'm just looking back here. The last time you were on was in the Dark Ages, <laughs> <laughs> November 2012, two and a half years ago. That's a long time. Yeah, we spoke on Time Blocking 101, and I know that you put me to work, and you've been putting me to work ever since. So now you've got this brand new book, Visual Productivity. I'm curious, before we even talk about the book, which I'm sure you're going to talk about because we definitely want to hear about it, what is visual productivity? Well, Greg, really what I've done with visual productivity is it's more of an extension of, I guess, mind mapping. What I've found through my own experimentation is that I tried a lot of different things to get more things done, to write books. I've written, written several books. I've written audio programs. And as I started working on things, I found that when I started using mind maps, Everything became more clear. I was able to, I guess, get my ideas across more concisely, and I was able to produce things more quickly. So for me, it made a lot of sense. And as I started speaking, I wasn't even speaking on mind maps, and people kept saying, what's this here? What, what's this? And I said, okay, well, if enough people are asking about it, I might as well do a, a book on it and, or, and a video series on it as well. That's why I got involved with visual productivity, and that's why I'm so excited about it. So what it sounds like is that you're putting it down in a way that's visual rather than a, a simple sequential format. Well, Greg, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because when you write things down, whether it's on paper or whether it's on a, a Word document, you write it down, and then a lot of times you close that book, you close that Word document, and you never go back to it. What I found is by having these mind maps where they, I have several on the same page or I have ones that are easily linked together... I can go back and revisit them. I can revise what I've worked on. I can move things around to make it fit better. And for all you Toastmasters out there, uh, this is a great way to write a speech, right? You get the ideas down, you organize them, and then you rehearse them. And that's one of the, the biggest things I've used my mouse for is speech preparation and book preparation, I guess everything. I, I use it for everything these days. It's a really powerful tool. We talk about mind mapping. We talk about visual productivity. Now, I vaguely recall this mind mapping. I remember, well, I don't want to date myself too much, but I think I remember decades ago hearing this buzzword of mind mapping. Is it the same as visual productivity? You know, it is, Greg. And what mind mapping really comes down to is it's, just, it's a phrase coined by a man, Tony Buzan, way back in the 70s. Way, way back in the 70s. I'm maybe dating myself too, but well, my goal, though, with visual productivity is just to not really limit myself to just mind mapping because there are other techniques out there. But for the most purposes, it's going to be mostly mind mapping that I talk about with people. And it's, it's just, a, again, a powerful tool. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe mind mapping is a copyrighted term. In today's world, when we're thinking about screens and we're thinking about computer technology and we're talking about 
phones and I think visual productivity to me is is something I think it's a very powerful word the term visual productivity is extremely powerful now we before we go into the programs you use cuz you talked about mind mapping give us an example of what you'd use it for now Greg do you mind if I take over your show a little bit can I ask you a question sure I, I'm going to make a statement and I think you're probably going to disagree with me my statement is amazing ideas are easily forgotten I'm a Toastmaster, so I'll repeat that. Amazing ideas are easily forgotten. Do you agree? I can't remember what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you're a wise guy, are you? Well, here's the thing. Most people are probably saying, oh, come on, an amazing idea. I'll never forget an amazing idea. But what often happens is you have usually have good ideas, the best ideas, at weird times. Maybe you're out for a walk. You're falling asleep. You're out having coffee, riding the bus to work. And you say to yourself, oh, this is such a good idea. I'm going to remember it forever. Yeah. And then two days later, what happens? You, you remember the idea kind of, but the details are, aren't really there. The passion's gone. So things in life get, get away from us, right? What I find is that kids will sit there and kids will say, oh, I had a good idea. And they'll sit there for half an hour thinking about that idea and they remember it. Whereas adults, what do we do? You sit there and you think for about 30 seconds and then all of a sudden something beeps on your phone and you're gone. No, I can I can certainly relate. What happens to me is I get my best ideas when I'm dozing in and out of consciousness at about 4.30 in the morning. And then I'm, <laughs> then I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, looking at the mirror going, I had this idea, but for the life of me, I can't remember what it is. Five minutes later, I'm still brushing my teeth and I can't remember what it was. So yeah, I, I hear you. So really for me, what it boils down to is having a place where you can take those ideas and put them down while that passion is still pumping through your veins. And that's what the idea of having a, a mind map or at least having something electronic or a pen and paper where you can write something down. And then if you don't have a mind map in front of you, at least you can transfer it over at a later time. But you capture it immediately and then we move forward with using those great ideas with that passion built in. And it just makes things easier. Is Can't you just put it in a Word document? Can't you just write it in a text a text file? Can't you just jot it down on a file? You know, Greg, I used uh, Word documents at first for my my book, Diamonds and Silver. And what I had is I had a, a Word document for each of the chapters. And then every time I had an idea, I had to say to myself, okay, what chapter was that would that best fit in? And I would put it into the chapter and I move things around. And what I ended up doing was figuring out that if I have a mind map, if I have something where it has all my ideas right in front of me, I can write the idea down wherever I want. If I have the idea, boom, I put it down wherever. And afterward, I can go ahead and I can move it and re rearrange it and put it in the best possible position. As opposed to having Word documents where you have this long list of things that may or may not be related, I put everything into one giant document, one giant mind map, and then I can move things around, cut and paste, drag and drop, whatever you want to do. And it goes from the idea, recording it, well, it's still a great idea, and then moving it around to the appropriate spot after that. I actually have several different groupings of ideas. With Diamonds and Silver, I have 10 major ideas. With Mega Productivity, I've got seven ideas. And so I have a hierarchy of all these different ideas. And when I have a new idea, I take it, I put all my energy into it, and then I take that idea and I put it into the appropriate spot. So I'm never at a loss for creating new speeches or creating new content for my, my major products. So it's a lot like the old flow chart, but it's a little bit more sophisticated then. It is because it's so simple. The, it doesn't really matter what mind mapping program you use these days. They're all really getting good. The benefit of these though is getting the ideas out and then just having that tool where you can just grab it with your mouse, drag it, drop it, 
put it wherever you want. And that's, it's such a powerful thing to see that happen in front of your eyes. And I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face. And believe me, I, I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face, Greg. <laughs> but what's better is if your listeners just want to go ahead and try it and give it a shot and just see if it works for them. Because I find most people who try it absolutely love it. Okay, now I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Now, of course, this is audio, our podcast, and this we're talking about something that's visual. Could you give me maybe just a simple example and just walk us through what this thing would look like? Maybe perhaps a chore or maybe even a speech or something that we could just sort of visualize in our minds what this would look like. So let's talk about the the classic Toastmaster speech, all right? Because everyone talks about the classic speech Perfect. where you've got you know three ideas and whatever else. And so, Greg, as opposed to what most people probably do when they're creating speeches where they might sit down in front of a document or uh, some some different tool they use and just write all the ideas out, what I'm suggesting is almost think about it like a, a big whiteboard in your mind where you write your main idea down and you could write down several speech topics and then you start building all these things out. Uh, you, I would even suggest choosing the manuals you want to be doing the speeches from. Look at the objectives, and as you're building your speech, then you can make sure that you're hitting all your objectives. The next thing I would do is I would brainstorm the topic. I would just get every idea possible I can out on that exact topic that I'm going to be speaking on. It could be a weird idea. That's fine. Write it down. It could be a bad idea. No problem. Write it down anyway. We can always delete it. Once you have all the ideas down, and again, it's kind of like a brainstorming thing. You don't want to usually want to try and start organizing until you've just really cleared your mind and got everything out. Once you have everything out, then it's time to just sit for a while and just drag and drop a little bit. Maybe you've got an, an opening, you've got a conclusion, you've got maybe three, we'll say three body parts in between. Uh, you got some transitions in there. I'm dragging and dropping to make sure that I fill everything out and see how the flow of the speech looks. And then once I've got that information, I can go ahead and I can look at each individual section of my speech and say, okay, is that opening story good enough? Is, how does it lead into the first body story? And go from there. One of the greatest things, Greg, and I, I'm going to try and make this as short as possible because I know I'm going on a little bit, is when you have the speech and it's done, you can see it in front of you. You can see the flow from the opening to the, the different content pieces and then to the conclusion of the speech. You can start using that to rehearse. And what I find is when you rehearse, I start going through and I'll maybe go through it a few times and then I can start closing off these little notes because in a mind map, as you go deeper and deeper, you can you can sort of hide the deeper ideas. And what happens is at the very end of the speech and I'm rehearsing it, all I have are my main key topics that trigger me to go through and and rehearse the the content that I've that I've prepared. Wow. It's actually a really cool tool to use as a speech, but again, because we're doing audio, it's a little hard to visualize. But as part of the whole visual productivity program that I have, Greg, that's one of the things I have. I have this thing that shows you how to create a speech and a little template that shows people uh, how to do it. But again, you can do these things on your own, just sitting in front of a whiteboard or even a pen and paper. But just for me, electronic works much better because it's so much easier to drag and drop and move the ideas once you've created those ideas. So it sounds like if you picture your desktop on your computer, so let's say we're talking about the worlds. We have a big folder that says the world in it. And then inside those folders, you have folders of all the different countries. And then within each country, you've got this, let's just say the provinces, and then you've got the cities, and then you've got the streets. So when you're doing your speech, you've got them all open. You have everything in front of you. And then as you become more comfortable with your speech, you kind of close them off. And then you get to a point where maybe you just have four or five points on a card and that's how you can have your that's how you can be prepared for your speech and just have everything on one index card 
Exactly, Greg. Yeah, and that's a great, uh, great way to to visualize it too. That's a it's a really good example. Makes a lot of sense. So, what program do you use? I personally use a program called XMind. The reason why I like XMind is because I install it on my computer. It works very quickly. It has it's very powerful for the free version. I, I use the pro version, but the free version is also very, very good. But it's completely up to listeners what they want to go ahead with and, and use. There are a lot of really good programs out there at this point, and I've done uh, dozens of reviews of different out there as well. So if you look at XMind, it doesn't think it's going to work for you. That's fine. Find a different program. It's more about what works for everyone else out there. So Kevin, your book obviously is about visual productivity. Could you just maybe tell us a little bit about the book? Absolutely, Greg. And I do want to make sure that I make it clear, too, that the book is really connected to the videos and to everything else. It's kind of combined because learning something like this is much more effective when you're learning through the videos. One of the biggest things I tried to look at when I was creating the book, though, was how people manage their workflows. And a lot of things in the book are, I would say, they're simple, but they're often not easy because sometimes people will say, ah, that's too easy. It's not going to work or it's too easy and, and I'm not going to do it. Whereas if you just go ahead and you try some of the techniques, it just it's amazing how how much simpler it makes things. When you go ahead and actually try some of the techniques in the book, and you say, oh, this is simple, but it works. One of my big goals in the book is just to have people take an idea that they already have, go ahead, go home, refine the idea, and then take it back to work and try and pitch it at the office and watch people get blown away because they've actually taken the time to to think about an idea. So often we have great ideas. And then we'd say, oh, that's a good idea. And you sort of throw it out and you haven't really thought about it. And people say, oh, good idea, good idea. You should do something about it. And no one ever does. What the book is trying to get you to do is take that idea and say, okay, I've got an idea. And you brainstorm about that idea and then you review it. And you say, oh, how can I make this idea better? What works? What doesn't work? And then you take that idea that you've really spent, you know, it's maybe only minutes or a couple hours working on a great idea. Take that into work, pitch that to your boss. And they're going to be like, wow. Let's do this. What I'm trying to get people to do is change their attitude from saying, oh, here's a quick idea and throwing it out to here's an idea. Let's refine it. Let's look at it. Let's make sure it's good and then pitch that idea. And I know they're going to see awesome results, obviously, because it's you've thought about it, you fleshed it out, and it's just a, a much better, a stronger idea. Can you give us a little quick tip or maybe an example from the book that you can share? You know, one of my biggest tips, and this is one that I think I'm at odds with some other mind mapping people out there. But my, one of my biggest tips for everyone is to treat mind maps like scrap paper. You know, so often people will have journals. People have journals and they say, oh, I'm not going to write my journal today because it has to be perfect. This is a journal for posterity and it has to be really good and only great ideas. What I recommend is treating mind maps like scrap paper for the reason that now I can type things in, in sentence fragments. If I have a crazy idea, I'm going to write it down because you know, I can always delete it. It's scrap paper. I like making my mind maps messy. Weird ideas, one word, sentences. I can go on for three sentences if I have to. Just get the idea out. No, don't worry about how it looks and just get it out. And that's one of my big things is just to, when you have the ideas, just get the ideas out, let them flow, and don't panic about how it looks until until a lot later in the process. I've had the luxury of previewing your book, and I was just going through it, and I actually made a couple of little notes here. One of them here in your book is that you say, you say look at your mind maps as working documents. So is that what you're referring to? That's exactly what I'm referring to. Yeah. So it's not something where I've, people have said, you can only have one word per, per line in a mind map and you have to have a picture and you have to change colors. I'm like, no, you really don't. It's, it's about getting the idea out and then using it. And then what I recommend, and this can freak people out too sometimes is 
as you're working through the document, if you're using this for a project or as a to-do list, is delete the items as you do them. Delete them? Why would you want to delete them? I mean, storage space is cheap. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but here's the thing. When you start deleting things, what happens to the mind map? Does it get bigger or does it get smaller? It gets smaller, right? And so as I start deleting and deleting and deleting, eventually I'm going to have one or two or three items left on the map. Sounds like a shopping list. Exactly. That's what it is. And that's what in the book, I actually have a picture of a shopping list, people crossing things off. Because when you delete it, now what you've done is there's no excuse. You've got, you know, maybe 10 things left. You've got to do one of those 10 things and you just got to go ahead and just do them and get them done. Another really quick tip, Greg, I'm going to share with you as far as using it as a working document is in finishing things. Oftentimes, the last 10% of a project or any idea is the hardest for most people. And it's usually because it's small things. It's nitpicky work. It's, it's kind of hard stuff you've, maybe you've been putting off for a while. And with a mind map, what you can do is you can take an idea that you have on there and you can say, oh, I'm having a hard time getting this done. But you can take that idea and break it down to make it into smaller. And if you still can't do it, you make it smaller and make it smaller until you make it into such small bite-sized pieces. You know, it's kind of like the, the old thing, uh, the old adage of uh, eating an elephant, right? You eat it one bite at a time. If you make things small enough, eventually it's going to be a point where you just, you can't say no, you've got to go ahead and do something. And so by just slicing it down and making it thinner, you can get more done. And that's one of the techniques that I talk about as far as getting things done. It sounds silly, but for tough jobs that have to get done, sometimes you have to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Can't you go a little overboard? I mean, all of a sudden you're going to have my maps after my maps, or you're going to have, you can have a thousand of them. Greg, I'd almost liken it to a garden, right? Everyone knows the whole garden adage where you have to make sure you keep the weeds trimmed down or else it's going to take over the garden. Right. So it's the same thing with a mind map where if you have too many and have too much clutter, then it's going to be, going to be hard to find things. So for me, Greg, what I do is I have one main map that I call my main map. And it's exactly what it sounds like. I have all my day-to-day -day actions on that and I have all my goals for next year on that. And I have several other things that I work on. But on top of that, I've had things organized nicely so that I have a few other fairly large maps where I can go in. For instance, I have a lot of my past podcast episodes all mind mapped out. So I can search through and find something that I'm looking for. Maybe I remember talking about it, but I don't know where it is. I can do a search and find things fairly easily. Okay, so just so I understand, you have all your episodes and then do you take them out of that map? Because you talked about deleting things. Do you take them out of that map or do you move them somewhere else? Do you put them in storage? And Greg, it depends what I'm doing. For a podcast, usually I'll make the podcast, I'll just read through the podcast, and I'll just take it and move it over as is. If I want to record something, if I want to have something left for posterity, I'll save it before I start working on it, and I'll move it. I'll make a backup copy of it, and I'll put it somewhere else if I think I need it again. And that's one thing that I talk about in the, in the book as well, is making a standard operating procedure. If there's something that you're going to be repeating again and again, that's a part where you might want to take that idea save it, store it somewhere else so that if you ever need it again in two months or six months or a year, you can pull it back out, dust it off, and you pretty much can start where you left off. Now you talk about deleting things, but yet you have a section in the book called the mind dump. Isn't that the total opposite of deleting things? It is, but here's the thing. You need to get the ideas out first before you can start deleting them. This is something that I really recommend people try for themselves, whether it's pen and paper or whether it's through a, you know, XMind or some other mind mapping program. It's just to sit down one day and just write out everything you're thinking. So often we have these ideas that we think about constantly. You may have three or four ideas that just 
you think about every single day. When you write those ideas down, what happens is those ideas start to mutate to get better, or they might start to fade away. And what's left over is you have a space now for newer and better ideas. So I love the idea of just getting everything out of your mind, putting it into a mind map, organizing things, and just starting to think. It sounds a little like we make the assumption that although in theory our brain has infinite capacity, it, it actually fills up pretty quick and then things start to fall off the top or fall off the bottom. It's so true. It really is. And just by, again, by just writing those ideas out, it allows you to start thinking about different things. It's a really neat effect. So it sounds like visual engaging in visual productivity can help you do things like replacing your to-do lists. You can do speeches. You can even use it in project management. Yes. And so I have actually sections in the book that talk about all those topics. And it's, it's, it's really exciting. And it's just it's basic things just done consistently that make a difference in people's lives. Now, I understand that the book is just just being released or it's coming up pretty quick. And where can people find it? The Right now... You can still get the book. You can get the version of the ebook through my website. And that whole, I have a whole package that includes the book, the videos, the, the XMind template, so that if someone wanted to, they could just sit down and follow along. Uh, when the book's released, it's going to be available on Amazon.com. And that'll be the only place right now because, Greg, uh, I don't, I'm not going to be producing very many of the hard copy books because I'm moving to Abu Dhabi in, at the end of the summer. So I don't want to have too many things in my luggage that are going to be weighing me down on the trip permanently well greg that's undecided at this point i think if we like it there we may be staying for a lot longer we're we're committed to at least a year and then we'll see where we're going my wife's a teacher and so she's agreed to a teaching position over in abu dhabi so excited about that and because my with my business i can grab a laptop and travel wherever we're gonna pick up and we're gonna go well that's incredible but of course, since we're all connected via Skype and the internet and all those other wonderful things, how can people get a hold of you? Tell us a little bit about your website, where it's at, how people can reach you, et cetera, et cetera. The good news is that I think at this point, I've created enough content that if you just Google my name, uh, you'll be able to find me. But I would recommend you head over to yourmakingme.com and it's Y-O-U-R-E, makingme.com, no apostrophe, of course. And uh, you can check that, check things out from there. And I just am really excited about sharing the visual productivity and the mind mapping with a lot of people. And again, it wasn't something that I initially had thought of, but it was something that I was using. And people are really loving the mind mapping stuff. And I love it as well. It gets, you can tell I get excited every time I talk about it. So it's a, it's a big part of my life. Sounds pretty exciting, too, because it sounds like you're coining a term. I did a Google search on visual productivity, and very little comes up except for you, my friend. So for me, Greg, really the term just really encapsulates what I'm trying to do. I don't want to just say I'm just a mind mapping person. I really want to try and be overall visual, and that's what I'm trying to talk about with the book and the whole direction that I'm taking uh, things with my videos and everything else, too. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good thing to do. I think you're taking the high road on it. I think the whole idea is to increase awareness of of the methods, regardless as to whether it's an existing method or whether it's a method that that you're using to have people become more more productive. I think it's an absolutely great idea. Well, Kevin, it's about that time, and I know you shared with us some some insights in visual productivity, and you had mentioned people going to your website. So for the benefit of everyone out there, in case they're just listening to this in their car or on their computer, if you wouldn't mind just spelling out your name. Sure, Greg, no problem. It's uh, K-E, 
V. No, I'm joking. No, no, uh, come on. The first, the first, the uh, my first name is Kevin. The last name is a little bit tough because it's German, but it's it's kind of a corrupted German spelling. It's A C H T Z E N E R. So Kevin Oxaner is uh, how you find how you find it. And if you get somewhere, if you put Kevin my mapping, Kevin X mind, you'll probably find me as well. And that Z is also Z for some of our friends listening. Kevin Oxner, you're making me.com, visual productivity. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much, Greg. Take care. Well, thanks for tuning in to Toastcaster Podcast for Toastmasters. You can also catch us on iTunes. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to comment and leave us some feedback. It does help with our ratings. You can also catch Greg on the official Toastmasters podcast and Cutting Corners, and you can also catch him at gadgetguy.ca. Once again, thanks for tuning in.